Hello. How are things today? They're, they're well. Am I not supposed to see you? No, this isn't a video chat. Okay. I thought last time we did this, I did see you though, right? I hope not. Huh. I I've never had a video chat option with this thing. I guess I just don't remember doing Anchor <laughs> before. Oh. That's funny. I've got. I've gotten a little bit better since the last time you were here. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I mean, it's nice. I just forgot what it was like. Oh. I actually don't know what it's like on your end. I've had to, like, explain this before to other guests, and I have no idea what it's like to join a call. It's pretty simple. It's, it's almost too simple. Like, I feel like I did something wrong, you know? Oh, well, like well we're was... here. I put the link in and it said, hey, what's your name? And I gave it my name and it said, all right, you're connected. I was like, what? Oh. Well, well, that's good to know. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was pretty surprised. I was like, oh, that was easy. I like easy. <laughs> I like easy. I like easy. too. That's why I use it. I'm not very tech savvy. The fact that I can run my own show is baffling to me. Hey, I don't have a way to mute myself. How how loud is this sound? Oh, that was fine. Okay. Yeah. We could just let them know that I decided, hey, I have a half day of work and I'm I'm going to make myself a big thing of lemonade. That's perfect. Yeah. Half day of work, big glass of lemonade sounds like the dream day. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. pretty good. Except for yeah. the trip to the grocery store. It's one of those things that's like it's in fun and it's fun in theory. And when you see it on TV and when you're young and don't have to pay like mortgage and stuff. And then one day you have other bills and you go to the grocery store and it's just dreadful. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. I don't even have a mortgage, but I've got all the I've got, you know, medical bills now to pay. So and rent and, you know, a baby. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, wow. you, you have a you're a dad. I am a dad. <laughs> that happened. I feel like that's like. You need an extra title, like Mr. Mr. Like, you're like extra honors. <laughs> extra honors. You're now the honorable Brandon Knight. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's honorable, honorable, like all the other dads across the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the ones that stick around. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's how I'm going to introduce you on Systematic Ecology from now on. Hey guys, nice. uh, it's Joshua Nolan here with you, the Honorable Brandon Knight. Would you like to introduce yourself, or are you too good for us now? <laughs> we all do need great <laughs> nicknames on SG. That is something we are missing. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Oh, man. Sorry. No, that's cool. All right. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to One More Thing, the bonus podcast episode from My Seminary Life, where we go a little bit deeper into our current conversation. We just started a brand new series called College Stories, where I'm going back and just telling my story of my college days, some of the God moments, some of the fun, just growing moments and late night drives to get Taco Bell, all the good stuff that happens in college. And when I announced that this was going to be the filler series until my next class, friend and po fellow podcaster Joshua Knoll called dibs. So I'm just honoring <laughs> the dib system here. Josh, you are now tied for the most frequently guested person on the show with two. Uh, 
you know, this makes me feel pretty confident that I, I can win this particular competition. Hey, hey, you you know, you're you're a man of many talents, a man of many uh, life stories. I'm sure we can get you here several times over. But for those of you who are new to the show, Josh is the host of the podcast, The Whole Church Podcast. That's all about church unity. And he's also one of my many co-hosts over at Systematic Geekology, where we talk about geeky things from a faith-based perspective. So, Josh, thank you for coming back. Hey, thank you for having me and giving me a chance to uh, just goof off and, you know, free-for-all college stories. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, we all have those stories. You know, I could probably do an entire year of just having people coming on and just telling their fun college stories, some of their God moment stories as well. But I'm ready to hear what you've got. You were prepping me a little bit earlier on some of your stories. Let's start with the more lighthearted, fun stories. What are some of your, you know, favorite memories of college where did you go to college too is this north grenville stories or is this something else i've actually north greenville's just been online and this has been like after i was a failure at doing college i was like i guess i'll go back and finish that up so i don't really have any stories with north greenville but i uh, originally i went to uncw for marine biology oh which switched to chemistry and world religions which carried over to Charleston Southern for a little while, which turned into Christian leadership in chemistry, which turned into Christian leadership, which turned into, you know, why bother with life at all? (laughs) So at one point in time, it was chemistry and religious studies. Yeah. That's an interesting combo. (laughs) I honestly, it, it started off where I was like marine biology, because I like, I like, the ocean i like sea life this will be fun okay my entire history with biology before college was homeschool christian biology where a majority of the class was telling us why evolution was wrong correct so when you go to college it starts off with just an expectation that you know evolution and that it is correct and now we're going to build off of that Uh, oh all i knew about evolution was that it was wrong i didn't really know it (laughs) yeah You know, like, like, how how could I do this? And then you go to the lab, and man, like, dead sea stuff stinks. Like, it smells awful. And I was like, I I don't think this is for me. Huh. It it doesn't surprise me, though. The marine biology part doesn't surprise me, because I know you're big on the environment. For those of you who want to know more about Josh's passion for taking care of the Earth, Systematic Ecology, he did a whole episode on freaking Captain Planet. So you'd go check that episode out. Josh loves the planet and wants to make sure that it is taken care of. So the marine biology part doesn't surprise me too much. Yeah, yeah. I Part of me wonders if I would have stuck with it. I, I think a large part of it was just being so overwhelmed with the material. I didn't go into like introbiology or anything. I started with biodiversity. Oh, it was a. I was just very ill prepared, and it's one of those where like, I have never been challenged in school before. So going into just being completely ill prepared for something, I, it was just very defeatist. And I think I just gave up more than I didn't like it. If that makes sense, I did. I think what it was is I didn't like being bad at this. Ah, I like to succeed and I wasn't sure. succeeding. Sure. And I mean, that makes sense. Like 
anyway, because, you know, we were all told, all of us millennials were told, you have to go to college that way you get a really good job. So if you're in class and you're hating it and falling behind really quickly, I can imagine then the idea of going into it as a profession seems very, very overwhelming and not really enjoyable. Yeah, and I wasn't really prepared for that yet, like college stuff yet. Uh, I didn't realize some of my mental health issues, so a lot of that was holding me back because I had no idea that I had ADHD. I just knew that, you know, the teacher spoke for five minutes, and then for some reason there was just white noise. Um, <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Yeah. Yeah, no, look, really, it would be like I would start a class and I would be paying really close attention for like five minutes. And then like my mind would wander and then class would be over and people would be leaving. I'm like, we just got here. What's that? <laughs> like, I was so confused half the time. Um, and then I was still very much um, infatuated with my high school girlfriend at the time. And okay. my priorities were just that was if I love God, he'll let me have this girl that I like. And that was the entirety of my priorities, which made school really hard because it was not that. Mm. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. How long did you two stay together after uh, once you got to college? Once we got to college, like two and a half years. That's pretty impressive. Up. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was on and off again. And it was. um it was bad, but I had convinced myself that I made a deal with God. And as long as I was good, God was going to make this work. So all of the bumps are just going to be worked out because God. So I might as well just stick with this. There you go. Yeah, that's the yeah. spirit. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a are you familiar with the Thanksgiving dating rule? Do you, have you heard this old college tale? No, please, please it, proceed. This was a big thing at Grace College. Maybe this will come up on uh when i'm talking about uh relationships and whatnot on the show but there was this old saying that if you are dating somebody from high school it's like statistically proven you will break up by thanksgiving that first thanksgiving of your freshman year of college because by that point you've met all these new people you're having all these new experiences the dating pool is so much bigger that it's like typically people break up by the time you get to the first thanksgiving of your freshman year clearly whoever made that rule was not aware of how crippling my social anxiety was <laughs> same <laughs> I, I didn't speak to anybody really <laughs> like i would talk to her on the phone and try to hermit myself in the room um my current best friend basically drug me out of my room to go to the cafeteria so i i was just kind of tricked into friendship and drug into different friendships and just really wanted to be left alone for the most part. And <laughs> um, luckily there were some people who were just good enough people that they wouldn't let me do that. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's and, good. And speaking of the Taco Bell late nights and my favorite memories were that group that drugged me out and kind of just decided that I was a part of the group and I just accepted it. Um, mm -hmm. we would go to cookout. There was a cookout that technically wasn't on campus, but if you look at the campus map, it's almost like they intentionally just dug a little hole into what's campus property. So that cookout could just fit right there in the hole. <laughs> nice. Like, just a little dent there. And, uh, okay. yeah, so we would just walk to cookout two in the morning, eat cookout, sleep all day. wonder what it was like to go to class. It was great. <laughs> nice. 
Like, what, that what is the life. What are their lives like? Well, I can tell you, um, basically, you just sit around all day because I was the person who went to <laughs> class all of the time. It wasn't until my final year that I started using my skips because by that point, I was pretty confident I was finishing. So I can I can miss a few days here and there. Well, and part of that, and this is just a, a really fun, random thing and could kind of gets to my overall college stories, I guess. Um, all right. The first college, UNCW, it's a University of North Carolina at Wilmington. Um, it had basically no attendance policy, like a couple of classes would, but for the most part, like my chemistry classes were, um, you're graded on tests. Doesn't matter if you're here or not. There is no attendance. Oh. Okay. And for the test, all of them are replaceable by different parts of the final. So you don't even really have to show up for them. If you do good enough on the final, you can ace the class. Wow. Yeah, so I did okay in a couple classes because I just didn't have to show up. I could just do that, and that was fine for me. That worked for me because I was homeschooled for four years, and I didn't have someone teaching me at homeschool. I was teaching myself, so that's how I was accustomed to learning anyway was just, hey, take the final at the end. Prepare yourself to do that. There you go. Yeah, so that worked for me. The classes that required you to turn in homework and quizzes along the way or that you couldn't replace everything with the final, those were the ones I did bad in. Mm. Um, and then when I went to Charleston Southern University, I missed orientation because I had to do my church camp was at the same time. And I was, oh, I'm just going to volunteer here and I'm sure I'll figure out what class is like when I get there. I'm used to no attendance policies. So come uh-huh. the end of the semester, I find out that there was this attendance book I was supposed to be signing the whole time. And I had failed from not attending, even though I wasn't oh. there for a lot of the classes. Oh, man, that was pretty rough. Yeah, that's rough. It's like, I, I didn't even miss that class. Yeah, but you didn't sign the attendance. Weren't you here for orientation? No, no, I was not. <laughs> I was not. I misunderstood the assignment. Okay, cool. Yeah, fun time. I, I had a, a freshman class called Global Perspectives, which was all about learning that other countries don't do the same things as America. It's basically what the class was. And... There was an extra credit assignment once a week. You could go to the student theater on campus and they would show a foreign film that correlated to whatever country we were studying culturally that week. And all you had to do was go in, sign in, watch the film. Didn't have to write a paper or any homework or anything like that. I went to every single one of those movies and I dragged my grade up from like an 82 to a 96. It was great. Fantastic, <laughs> man. See, those, those are, those are the good times, man. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't have any, any stories of dragging my grades up for the most part. <laughs> I, That's my I only history, one. And it was really funny now. Cause it's been so long since those first year of colleges that now I'm like turning in my transcripts to different grad schools and stuff. And I'm looking at like my UNCW and Charleston Southern years and a, <laughs> I could track where my biggest tragedies happened because I just failed all of my classes. Hmm. And Great. yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, that that's when my grandpa died. <laughs> um, oh, Those are horrible mile markers. Yes. Yes, it is. I'm like, yeah, that's, I failed everything there. And then other than that, there were really no B's or C's or anything like that. It would be A, D or F. That was it. So if like class really interested me or if it had a format where I could turn stuff in at the end, A. If I mm-hmm. didn't care about the class, especially, you know, with the ADHD stuff and already having a hard time paying attention, nope, failing it. 
Great. Yeah. So a lot of like the time, my GPA would end up being like a 2.0, but my mm. grades for the semester were like A A A F F. <laughs> you know. Great. Like, oh well, cool. He wasn't an average student, but it did average out to being an average student. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, and it, and what's really funny is like. If I had known more about mental health, I did not mean to make this a mental health podcast. If I had known more about like ADHD or um, social anxiety or any of the other stuff that I've, I'm dealing with, I think I could have handled things a little bit better. But it's really funny looking back on it and seeing just failing the same classes over and over and now realizing, yeah, that's because you just did not have the capacity to pay attention and do this kind of work without help. Sure. Sure. That makes a yeah. lot of sense. And I'm like, man. If you would have just known that instead of failing the same class four times, that would have been great. Yeah, it's unfortunate that, you know, on top of all of that, you're paying a bill for all of that. You're paying a bill to retake those classes. Like, that's wrong. offer refunds. It's crazy. Yeah, if you fail, you should get a refund. <laughs> or yeah. it should just, like, we're going to hold this until you do actually pass this class. Or, you know, you could prove that you failed for, like, a reasonable cause. Like... You know, right. if a tragedy happened or something, hey, guys, just give me my money back. Like, I'm okay keeping the F, but. So the final for this class that I just finished, ministry administration, comes to find out it was due the day that my son was born. So I emailed the prof saying, hey, sorry about it, but uh, this isn't going to be done. And then <laughs> this isn't going to be done. I'll take it when I when I can get to it. And he was very gracious, worked with me. Uh, it took me a couple days to get back to him because then Cooper came, had to work, you know, was at the hospital. Finally, I take the exam like a week later. Do fine. I did fine. Passed the exam. It was great. I get my final grade. I'm looking. I passed the class. He docked me for it being late. What? <laughs> I know. That's so... Whatever. It was worth it. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, I hate checking grades. I've said that before on this show. I hate checking my final grade. I'm not a I'm not a bad student and I enjoy the classroom environment. I just hate checking my final grade. But I always get a good sigh of relief when I'm when I do check and okay, we're done. Never have to think about this again. Although I have found this is this is one of those really shallow and probably has something to do with some of my weird mental stuff, but I have found that ever since I started doing exclusively online classes, I do better. And I don't think it's just because I can create my own schedule. I really believe a large part of it is the way Blackboard's set up now is as they update my grade mm -hmm. throughout the semester, it changes colors. So oh. It's like, oh, I'm green. And that makes me feel good. Like I keep doing it because I've noticed once it goes to yellow, it's a lot harder for me to like breach the barrier of doing the work. Like I just get into defeatist mode. But as long as I feel like I'm doing well, I continue to do well. Interesting. I used Blackboard when I was doing seminary online the first time with Moody Seminary. Um, that was my least favorite one, although the we just switched. I've used uh, Moodle, Blackboard, and we just switched to one at Grace called Canvas, I think it's what it's called. And it's okay. It's very, it tries to be user-friendly, but I also now have that learning curve of trying to figure out how to use this thing, so... It doesn't feel very user-friendly. Yeah. Really random fun fact. My first job ever was uh, 
data input for the Mecklenburg Public School County. And uh, it was specifically inserting stuff for Moodle and their quizzes and putting the quizzes, like programming the quizzes for teachers in. Sure. Interesting. And once I figured out how I could like write my own questions in, and my friends were still going to this high school, (laughs) I might have slipped a question about SpongeBob into what I thought, what I knew was going to be like his last quiz. (laughs) (laughs) That is a weird first job. Isn't it though? My mom happened to be like administration, like above the schools. Like she wasn't working for a school. She was working for the County. Okay. So she got me the job and I had friends who were still attending the high school there. And I'm like, interesting. What, what all could I do? And you know, I, I could have been a mastermind, but instead I was like, yeah, I know. The last question for their last quiz should be, who lives in a pineapple under the sea? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I just, I don't think I could possibly be prouder of myself. I think the only reason I did get in trouble is the teacher probably also enjoyed that. Probably. Yeah. I, uh, there was one time my buddy was writing a paper and we were taking, it was a, a gen ed history class. And, uh, he was writing a paper on, I don't even remember what communism or something like seriously, uh, cold war era stuff. And this was a total blow off history course. Like everybody passed this class. So while writing this paper, he would just work in random sentences of stuff going on in the room, in our, in our dorm room. And I was watching on Netflix, the silent horror film Nosferatu. And so he would like write in (laughs) random bits about stuff that was going on in that movie. And he got an A on the paper. Like there was nothing like, like all that prof cared about was it being turned in and that the pages were, you know, (laughs) met the page requirement. One of the, those rare classes that I got A's in was like American history. I forget what the dates were, but it was like American history one or something at UNCW. Okay. And the reason I got this A, cause I, I was like, I think I was at a C, but then the final paper was like a majority of the grade. And he said, Hey, anything about American history from this time era? I looked at it and said, pirates existed in America. At that time era. <laughs> of course you did. The only points I got taken off was for it to be too long. It was supposed to be like a 10 page paper. And I turned in this like 25 page. Like, oh, my word. Or I was like, <laughs> here's why I believe that the spirit of America was actually founded by pirates. And I'm going to go step by step through these four characters. That's and, amazing. Yeah, I still have that paper. I'm quite proud of it. You should be 25 yeah. pages on pirates in America. Yeah. Well, that's one of those where uh, this is, hey, I'm just going to educate people about ADHD for fun. Sometimes you can't pay attention at all. The H in, well, yeah, anyway, part of the symptoms for ADHD or ADD is hyperfixation, which means sometimes you get a hold of something and you just hyper, like you're just, you can only focus on that thing until you finished it. Mm -hmm. That happened to be one of those things. Um, fun story that goes along with that, actually, the ADHD lesson, because, yeah, this is college stories. Right. When my best friend at UNCW, um, mind you, through, I'm, I'm going to give some I'm going to give some context for this. I'm going to be that guy. Okay. Growing up, I had almost no experience with any media or anything that wasn't just explicitly Christian, basically. Okay. Or very, very G rated. Like it could okay. be questionable G rated, basically. <laughs> um <laughs> 
I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not much. That there were definitely some cartoons I weren't allowed to watch growing up, even in high school. Wow. wow. So when I got to college, being that sheltered um, and also being homeschooled, and I went to a public college, I, I was just utterly shocked for the first little bit. Um, within the first week, I saw some people, um, you know, uh, being reproductive on the bathroom door at night. And I was like, huh, okay, this if, is just something people do, I guess. If it helps, the demo here is like 20, 30, and 40-year-olds, if that helps you navigate the waters of this story. <laughs> yeah. I can already tell. Yeah. <laughs> so they're having intercourse on the bathroom door. And I'm wow. like, what is what is happening? And I'm just so confused. I wasn't angry or like whatever. I just was so out of my element the, for college. And it was the first time I met any Christians who cursed. And I okay. was like, what? And the one guy who ended up being my roommate, um, name was Zebulon. If he happens to listen to this, we love Zebulon. Um, great okay. guy. Strong Christian. Great time man. I ever met a liberal like Christian liberal, if that makes sense, like liberal theology okay. kind of stuff. Sure. And I was just so taken back having only grown up in like super conservative Pentecostal church. And I'm like, what do you mean? Y'all have wine for a communion? <laughs> right. What, what do you mean? You could say, you could say a cuss word. What, what is going on here? <laughs> Completely take it back. I just didn't know what to do with anything at all. So my one friend, my other friend who uh, grew up atheist, agnostic, whatever, he took it upon himself to introduce me to all the things that I would love in the world that I had never seen before. Okay. And one of those was scrubs. Oh, <laughs> and this is where we go back to my hyperfixation stuff. He was like, Hey, I think you might like this. He showed me an episode and then he was like, Oh, I got to go to class. No one sees or hears from me for like two days or something. And I go to their room when I was done watching it and my eyes are like super bloodshot. Like what happened, Josh? Have you slept? I'm like, who needs sleep when you have scrubs? And I just literally did not sleep for two days and watched the entire Ooh. thing all the way through. Oh my word! <laughs> and that is what hyperfixation looks like. And everybody was just so like, it was. It's one of those where everybody was super concerned, but they were also really amused. Like, wow, Josh really likes scrubs. <laughs> Josh really likes scrubs. Man, I've actually never seen scrubs. I wonder if I could stay up for two days and watch it. I wouldn't recommend it, but I would recommend watching it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I put it up there on the How I Met Your Mother level, which is my other fun story. Do we, do we want to hold that till we do some serious stuff, or do we want to go ahead and jump no, into go the ahead. How I Met Your Mother story? Go ahead. Go, go the How I Met Your Mother route. Mind you. Um, so, so for content warning, uh, not everyone's life in this was uh, holy and pure. <laughs> All right. So, uh, some of us, aka me, might have been living kind of sinfully, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, okay. <laughs> so at Charleston Southern, um, I was seeing this one girl, and we were um, just passionate, I guess would be the word. Uh, very angry kind of people, just in general. I had okay. just been through a lot of trauma, and she was going through trauma, and we met each other, and there was a lot of passion. There was a lot of anger, a lot of just rage. trauma bonding. Yeah. 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 A lot of that. Um, just, just so you guys get an idea of what this relationship was like in the first place. Mm -hmm. For the most part, it wasn't real anger. It was just kind of like we were both 
like that at the time. Very yelly. Yelly. Sure. That's a word. Sure. Um, <laughs> totally. <laughs> so people kept questioning our relationship and stuff. And we're like, no, we're, we're actually happy and completely fine like this. We're just angry people right now. <laughs> hmm. And no one believed us. They kept thinking that we were like in fights and stuff. So then we were like, yeah, whatever. We were ignoring that for the most part until my <laughs> friend made a comment uh, about my that girl at the time and said she was a bad liar. She mm. took great, and I mean great, offense at someone calling her a bad liar. Okay. Well, naturally, we had to prove that she was a great liar. <laughs> um, <laughs> totally. So for, for whatever reason, we completely reenacted, and I mean verbatim, the one, the How I Met Your Mother episode where Barney and that girl pretend to be in a fight and all that and make everybody feel like it's their fault. Oh, oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, we enacted perfectly, waiting for everybody for the shoe to drop and they'd be like, haha, gotcha. But we did it too well, Brandon. Oh, no. Well. <laughs> Not we, we let this go on for a week. And we had all had this Bible study together that was at my apartment. And the one time we started yelling at each other after the Bible study or before. I don't remember if it was before or after. Whatever. We're like going at it and making, you know, we're, we're doing the show for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Someone calls the police on us, Brandon. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I had a lot to step out and explain to the police what were happening. And then, <laughs> This is a prank. <laughs> and then I convinced them that they needed to be in on it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and the police come in and they give this whole spill on how like we've had reports of domestic abuse and people do it. And, like they, they really went along with it for some reason. Must have been a slow and, night. Well, they were like, yeah, all week we've had these complaints and this is the last straw. And they like really like got in my face about it. And I was like, you know, if I did not know that I asked them to do this, I would be terrified right now. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so funny because it wasn't like people started calling our pastor and different stuff and then we were like okay okay guys guys <laughs> this was a joke and the best part was when the cops were in it and when we finally told them we were a joke it was a joke she had stormed out mm -hmm. stormed out you know air quotes there was another entrance to the apartment so she went around through my bedroom and she I had a double door so she swung both the doors open to walk out and and the way we explained it is I was like, it was a joke. We got you guys. It was just, you know, whatever. We're playing around. We were trying to be legend. Wait for it. And then she busted through with the dairy. Nice. And my favorite <laughs> part was during all of this and during the Bible study, I had that episode that we were reenacting playing in the background on repeat, just very low volume. Oh, that's and it clever. Wasn't later that night that my friend realized it. it was like, you were just being how I met your mother. I was like, yes, yes, I was. That really was legendary. That is, that was really good. It was fantastic. Yeah. You know, a lot of these things, you know, lying, um, all that other stuff, a lot of it should not have been happening. The police really should not have <laughs> cooperated with this. Yeah, that must have been a really slow night for that part to go <laughs> along you know with. What? It was great. <laughs> huh. Well, you never know. Wow. Well, yeah, that one's going to be hard <laughs> to beat. That's a good story. It was. <laughs> So much fun. I was just so proud of myself. <laughs> oh, man. man. So before we get into maybe some more uh, of the serious story side, 
Was there any other lighthearted, you know, quick, quick stories you wanted to pepper in there? Or are you ready to share with us? Let's get serious now and uh, lower our voices. I'll do one, one more quick one. Um, Okay. And it's ironic because I drink energy drinks every day now, but I had never had an energy drink before college. Mm. Remember, I'm ADHD. Right. I had coffee before college. (laughs) (laughs) So my friends got together once at UNTW and thought, what if we give him an energy drink? Yeah, that sounds like a college situation. And my immediate (laughs) thought was, why would we do that? What if we gave me five energy drinks? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And uh, the night ended, it was like four in the morning, and I'm just literally beating and punching a bush in front of the building just to get the energy out and i created a name for the bush and like a whole story just so that i had something to play along with in my head that i was like this is why i'm angry at you bush <laughs> and uh, he's gone yeah. from a tree hugger to beating up bushes named jeff <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well what's great is like i have no idea what was the in-between for that i just you know there was energy drinks i had energy and I, I felt like I needed to beat something up, and I decided it had to be that bush. Had to be that bush. Just it had to be. You know, so one time. Yeah, you know, one time we had a pretty good snowstorm, and uh, it was a slow. It was a Sunday. I was caught up on my homework, and I looked out. It was not snowing anymore. I looked out, and I thought to myself, "I need to build a snowman." You could tell what Disney movie had just come <laughs> out. So I go downstairs. I lived on the second floor. I go downstairs. I build this rudimentary snowman but hey our our uh, townhouse had some uh, class now to it so me and my friends we went to the cafeteria for lunch and dinner every day like we we did not cook we lived in a townhouse with a kitchen we did not cook we went to the cafeteria so we it's a big group of us we went to the cafeteria for dinner we come back my friend curtis takes a running start he is going to demolish my snowman <laughs> and he demolishes it. He demolishes half of it because I really packed down the bottom half of it, knowing that something like that could happen because I lived in an all guy townhouse. So he <laughs> takes off the top half and then just completely wipes out like a foot away from the stump, just laughing in the snow because he lost to a snowman. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I have, I have one more goofy story, but do you mind if we save it for after the seriousness, just as a as a good note to end on? Totally, keep that, yeah. Keep a little bit of positive left over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's do that. So, obviously, college isn't all late night Taco Bell runs and beating up bushes. So, what were some of the you know, I don't want to say like heavier, darker moments. But, you know, anything that was like a growing experience for you that may have been difficult or, you know, God really showed up in this type of situation. Yeah, so uh, this it's, it's sort of in two parts that this happened, but um, I had some trauma at the end of my UNCW stuff that's uh, personal to me and to another person. So I won't give too much sure. information, um, but it ended up in me failing that semester. You know, I already mentioned that. Um kind of had to drop out of school okay there were rumors of um my parents hated the girl that i was currently seeing so there was rumors that she was going to go to that school so they weren't going to let me go back to that school and you know if you know anything about college loans you can't get them without your parents signing until you're like 25 or something crazy right um 
a lot of different stuff. I felt stuck. I felt just paralyzed, probably depressed, but wasn't diagnosed. So I don't want to say depressed because I take that serious. Um, yeah. But I, I did not leave my room for like months other than go to church. I, I got a job at a grocery store. I would go to it like two or three times a week and I just was not leaving my room. Wasn't doing anything entertaining, just sitting there sad for months. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this was in between UNCW and Charleston Southern. Okay. And I had two friends who basically because they had from that group that drug me out and decided that I had that I was part of their friend group. Yep. Um, Zeb, I mentioned him once already. He drove, just drove to Charlotte, drove to my house and just took me out of my house. I was like, yeah, we're hanging out today. Because that's what this guy does. Yeah. He doesn't live anywhere near Charlotte. He drove hours to just show up at my house and took me to pick my brother up from school and drove around and just did stuff. And he cool. had no idea what was wrong. I didn't tell anybody about the drama or anything. He just knew he hadn't heard from me for a while and was concerned. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And then my friend Mark did the exact same thing just a couple weeks later. He's like, no one's heard from you. It's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. And what, and it was just one of those. I don't think if those two guys hadn't just shown up one day and decided, Hey, nope, you're, you're getting out. We're, we're doing this. I don't think I'd be okay. I don't know how I would have got out of that. If that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, if God had not sent these two guys, I have no idea where I'd be. Like I was borderline suicidal. Sure. Not quite there, but borderline. Borderline. Um, yeah. Which is still a scary place to be. It was, it was. And it wasn't like they came and all of a sudden I went back to Jesus and I was fine. That was the time where I was actively reading the Bible over and over. I was like, I'm, I'm just going to disprove God. Oh, because I don't want okay. him to exist. <laughs> Cause if he exists and he let this happen to me, like it just, I couldn't make sense of it. So I needed him to not exist. Sure. And the best way for that to happen was to disprove the Bible. So I kept reading it over and over. Came up with some hermeneutic stuff. I've, I've told this story on the podcast before. Yeah, yeah. But even still, when I returned to Charleston Southern, as you know, I couldn't go back to my old school. I still had a lot of this trauma, a lot of stuff lingering, a lot of like where I was begrudgingly like, I guess God exists. <laughs> you know, like I didn't want I don't want you to, but I guess you do. Yeah, yeah. And I'm showing up to the school and I had all kinds of professors that really poured into me and like helped me lead my way out of that. I had two or three professors that were really good in that way. I probably had mm. more professors that showed me more of that legalistic side of religion that I just makes me not want it to exist than I had them. But I had three that really helped pull me forward. Oh, cool. And I, and I saw overall in my experience that Christian college there were entire areas in rooms where like, oh, we don't go in there. This is where people are having sex. This is, we don't go in there. We don't do this. Um, there were just parts of the campus you would avoid. A lot of stuff. Hmm. That just, it was very odd to me where when I was at UNCW, it felt a lot easier to find people who were actively and passionately being Christian. Whereas when I was at okay. Charleston Southern, it was a lot of people were Christian name only. Or, you know, they hmm. were like just going here because it was the easiest thing or because they were from here or whatever. Yeah. Overall, it was a much less Christian environment. Even the professors, my professors at UNCW, they had showed a lot of grace. Even the ones with attendance policies, I think they could tell something was wrong and they worked with me. Okay. Fun story, actually. Me and my one of my best friend, we shared the same math professor, same class, took the same test, gave the same answer. 
I got more credit than him a couple of times. Okay. <laughs> and we didn't find out until later. It was because he was like, no, I knew for you that you were struggling and, and you needed help. And I knew for him, if he wasn't challenged, he wouldn't try. <laughs> and nice. it was just one of those, huh? But he told us that like well after the class and we were like, oh, that's what was going on here. You didn't really have that at the Christian school. It was very strict. No, you didn't do the attendance policy or no, this is, yeah. this is how it is. It was very... There was a lot less grace and mercy. Yeah. And that's something that's really stuck with me of, yeah, the church has got to pick up some of our slack in some of these areas. Yeah, I um, I, I do not see. I mean, maybe it has happened, but I do not see in my higher education experience, which has been all Christian universities. Um, I don't see a professor doing what your math professor did. Maybe I'm sure it has happened. I mean, you can't be the only person in history that that happened to, but I, I doubt that that would happen in my experience. And I remember I went to, I did my undergrad on campus and I don't think there was ever really any like, Oh yeah, that's where the hookups happen. But there was a building where (laughs) you did not go to it at night because that's where all the couples were hanging out. So I guess maybe you could read in between the lines there a little bit what was really going on. I went there once with two girls to watch Doctor Who, but that was all that happened there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just there was one of the rooms had a projector screen. It was nice. Yeah, well, and that's where you know obviously UNCW wasn't all Christian. There was certainly evil, like I talked about seeing the people on the bathroom sure. door. There were a lot of people who reached out and were very passionately Christian, and I think a large part of it was because. They weren't in a Christian environment. So if you're going sure. to be Christian, you, you had to be really committed to the thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was easier to find the people who were really committed in that kind of environment as opposed to Charleston Southern, where whether you're Christian or not, you better say you are. Yeah, <laughs> I get that. Your uh, first college experience reminds me a lot of uh, Donald Miller, Blue Like Jazz. It's one of my favorite books. And he went to a very secular university out in portland i think it was either portland or seattle one one or the other um and there he just has these stories of like when, when him and other little bit more theologically liberal christians really had to just chose to really stand out and not like stand on the corner and shout you know hell is real at people but like did things that made the secular folk realize that not all christians act the same it's a good read if you've never read blue like jazz i really recommend it it's it's a level of liberal christianity that i can handle there's like a certain blend of a little bit more left of center theology that i can handle really well and donald miller writes at a good pace for that Interesting. Yeah, I have to I have to check it out. I yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to sound like I'm anti-Christian colleges or that Charleston Southern wasn't a great experience. Again, I had a solid those three professors really, really changed my sure. life. Yeah. But man, to, to really look at the overall experience of everyone was under this kind of policy of up oh, you didn't sign your name. Doesn't matter that you were here. Technically you weren't and attendance because you didn't sign your name compared to the other college where it was 
hey, we sure things are going on. What do you need? How can we help you? Was kind of the yeah. general attitude. And I wonder what what can we do to get the church to clearly because you know, like the thing is, we're trying to be a light and salt in the world, right? Yeah. And for me, it's really challenging for some people to believe in this whole God thing when the people who are professing the God thing are so much less merciful and so much less graceful. Like, how do we change to where we're not just letting people buy with whatever, but we're also showing mercy in these contexts? Sure. Yeah. Man, I don't know. That's what you get having a podcaster as a guest. They start asking right. new questions. And one and one that's all about church unity too. Like you always got to bring it back to church stuff. Um, <laughs> um, but no, there is, and this is where our, our good mutual friend Joe would really come in handy. Uh, there's a lot that needs to be overhauled when it comes to Christian higher education. You know, as I've said before, I enjoy higher education. Obviously, I have a whole podcast devoted to it. This conversation comes up every once in a while, though, of like, why are we doing this? Or is this really the best thing that we could be doing? You know, and just to think like on campus experience, you know, I'm not on campus right now. I'm an online student and actually not my favorite. I would rather be on campus. Um, but you're right. There needs to be leniency as yeah. part of the way that we show Christ's likeness. There needs to be a level of compassion and understanding that oftentimes is not common in these type of circles, yeah, you know, right. and I, I would Sorry. say I, I'm going to blame one thing and then you can you can take it back. There was a there is and was for the longest time a push in Christian culture, Christian pop culture for excellence, excellence in everything. You know, I don't know if you've seen that before. I think that's all BS. I really think the pursuit of excellence is just a a replacement for the word perfectionism. And we are not called to be perfectionists. That's a unrealistic expectation for anybody. We are, I do believe that we are to bring ourselves to God in worship. Romans 12, 1, 1 and 2. Yeah, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Bring ourselves as a form of worship to God. And so does that mean that that changes how we act, how we behave? Yes, that just look at the epistles. That's literally what the point of the epistles are of like, here's how you're supposed to be behaving in light of the gospel. But that doesn't mean that if we don't have excellence in everything that that's bad because there is still grace for what we do. Yeah. Yeah. I would also say uh, we're not called to excellence. We're called to humility. Sure. Um, <laughs> and I, I want to blame something also, because it's fun to blame things. Right. Um, I also it's not my fault. Yeah. <laughs> the individualist kind of viewpoint of Christianity, where it's all about your personal okay. savior, your personal relationship with God and, we almost leave out the significance of the body of how Christ never said, I will save you. I came to save the world. I came to save you guys as a community, love one another. That's what it means to be saved. Like Mm -hmm. the the religion is inherently community based. And we've left that behind for this individualist kind of form of, or it's not even a form of Christianity. It's just this deformed mutant that used to be (laughs) Christianity. Um, Uh I'm just getting really blunt here. That's great. Right. Um, Go for it. 
But I, I think that's a large part of the problem is we don't want to admit that there's such thing as institutional grace and institutional mercy. These three mm. professors did great. They were like their relationship with God and their relationship with me. Fantastic. But overall, mm-hmm. the that Christian institution, if someone was just to attend there and not have those three professors, mm-hmm. they could come away with a very different idea of what the gospel is. And mm. that's concerning for me. And we have to learn to have institutional grace, institutional mercy, not just an individual based. I mean, the one professor, this is just a bring it back around to the ADHD stuff, was <laughs> a old war vet who had ADHD. And oh, okay. That that's what really helped me a lot is he, I think he knew that I wasn't going to go to the hospital at that time, but he would give me pointers like, Hey, uh, well, when you come to the test, maybe do this first or Hey, when you do this, Hey, maybe do that first. Like, I think he knew how to manage it. And it just, okay. one of those were like, man, without some of these influences, I would be completely lost, but how much better would it have been if the entire institution was an institution of mercy and grace? Yeah. 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 Well, that being said, I said I had one more story. Is it, is it okay yeah. for, for me to share the last story? <laughs> of course. Go right ahead. All right, guys. This one is absurd. All of my stories are absurd. I'm an absurd person. I don't know if it gets much more more absurd than the whole Bush thing, but go on. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will I will preface this because this might make it seem a little less absurd. I grew up large a large part of my childhood was spent in Florida. I was very used to hurricanes. Well, we're at UNCW and uh, a hurricane's supposed to hit down. Everybody, not everybody, a lot of people went back home because we were supposed to you know leave the city, whatever. Okay. Hurricanes hitting the town, and while it's here, I was like, man, I really want some chips and queso from on the border. I don't have a car. I'm gonna walk to on the border to get some chips and queso. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I think really the, the it gets more absurd is the crazy thing is I I just start walking in the middle of presumably a hurricane it ended up being a tropical storm instead. Oh, but, just uh, a tropical storm. Okay. I'm walking through this and I pass by the uh, Catholic Campus Ministries building where I made some friends because I had free pizza days. So I started going there and became friends with all of them. Love those guys. Cool. And some of them were like, hey, uh, what are you doing? I was like, I really want chips and queso. <laughs> and they're like, this must be some really good chips and queso. If it's on the border. It's like stereotypical, okay. like chain restaurant chips and queso. Okay. I've never been, I've never been to on the border. So it's like I've heard of it, but it's not even that. Okay. Okay. Great. <laughs> and these people start like more and more people start joining me. Oh, <laughs> and before you know it, I have this group of like seven or eight people, and we're walking on the border in a hurricane or you know, tropical storm. But we thought it was a hurricane because <laughs> you know, I happened to check my phone and they said they were still open. I'm, like, oh, I'm gonna get me some chips and queso. <laughs> we walked like seven or eight miles to this on the border. <laughs> None of these people have a car. <laughs> I'm just like, surely someone did. Like, I think they just were like, we want to see what this guy's doing. Like, I feel like it had to just be they were really just curious what was wrong with me nice i'm curious nice. what was wrong with me i think it's one of those hyper fixation things where i just decided i needed chips and queso i mean you, I don't, you gotta do what you gotta do i could not I, tell uh, you why it got in my head we make it i eat chips and queso. i think half of them forgot their wallets and stuff like i feel like none of them expected to be going somewhere so oh okay eating sure. chips and queso in front of these people like whatever <laughs> <laughs> they just came along for the walk. I didn't even invite you guys. 
And then on the way back, on the way back, I I see like there was something like floating in the air. And I started like, and this is just a fun fact. I've had like five or six near-death experiences in my life. And each time I quote Disney right before it for some reason. Great. I'm following this little floofy thing through through the air, through the road. And I'm trying to be funny. And I start quoting the uh, the Dory from Finding Nemo. Like, oh, who's a Fluffy? I think I will name you Fluffy. And you shall be my Fluffy. Okay. <laughs> and I'm yeah, following yeah. it in the middle of the road. And a car like flies by. And my one friend like has to jump and throw me out of the road <laughs> in a hurricane. On the way back from on the border, because I wanted chips and queso during a hurricane. Yeah, yeah, that's quite the uh, yeah. that's quite the scenario there. <laughs> that that was a that was a story because you know he's like, you remember the time I saved your life? And I'm like, there's just so much more to it than that. Actually, that's just <laughs> I got simple. chips and queso. Come on. <laughs> yeah, like everyone needs to know really that I got my chips and queso, and I made sure they added the beef. So it was really a chili con queso, is what they call Ooh, it on the border. Nice, it was great. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have those out here in the Midwest. That's a bummer. Oh, well, come to Charlotte. I'll take you on the board. Cool. We'll do that. You could get some I, really generic Tex-Mex with me. Yes. I. Uh, so obviously, we do not have hurricanes here in uh, Northwest Indiana. Although, I uh, the college I went to is right off of a lake, Winona Lake, and uh, there would be in the winter time walking to class or to dorms, this really bitterly cold wind that would kick up off of the lake. And that was really hard to walk in. I did walk one time from my dorm to the local Walgreens while it was snowing because my roommate had no sense of time. He would he said he would drive me. But that was like a day ago. And I have not <laughs> seen him for like 24 hours. So I just walked. Maybe, I don't even know, a mile or two or something to go get groceries at Walgreens because I really needed Snapple tea, apparently. I could not wait for that. So I have one more, me being an absurd story that my parents would be super angry about. And I I promise I'm going to cut myself off after this. Okay. Um, I was in, mind you, I was in a very traumatic fight with my girlfriend at the time, the high school girlfriend. Yeah, so okay. we were on and off again. The the off agains were violent isn't quite the right word, but it was aggressive. Yeah, they were very aggressive offs. Okay. I mean, we weren't okay. near each other. We were hours away. So like oh, as aggressive okay. as they could be while being hours away from each other. <laughs> um and during one of these, I'm angry. I gave someone my phone because like I just do I just don't even want to know if she messaged me. I'm just that mad. Uh-huh. Well, we walk to cookout because I'm like, this will calm me to walk to our place and do our nightly routine. You know, not nightly, but, you know, yeah, something that we did often. I ordered my uh, bacon cheddar hot dog and my milkshake and had a good time. We start walking back. And this was when Lonely Island was just getting big. So some of their like yes. main songs had just come out. Oh, yeah. Including I threw it on the ground. Oh, of course. So someone hands me. So the guy hands me my phone that I told him I did not want to see. I said it's your dad. So I took it. <laughs> said that's not my dad. It's a cell phone. And I threw <laughs> it on the ground and destroyed my phone. We were in college at the same time, weren't we? <laughs> I, I guess we were. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, love is a uh, dad. I hope you didn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a lot of fun. Thank you for coming on and entertaining us with your hurricane bushwhacking 
stories. Um, Thank you for letting me just spill nonsense. It's it's a fun, it's a good afternoon just to just relax and tell some stories. Indeed. Josh, for our listeners here, where can people find you if they want to hear maybe more church unity stuff? I kind of like to play hide and see. Um, if you just look up the whole church podcast on Google, it should come up. Um, otherwise, wherever you're listening now, probably, especially if you listen on Spotify, I know. There's actually two different, for some reason, there's two different pages that have the whole church podcast on Spotify. I don't know why, but Weird. you can find us twice on Spotify, once on Apple podcast or anywhere else. Uh, we have our own website. If you Google it and uh, also systematic ecology, you can hit host. There's a drop down with everyone's name. Everything I've been on is under my name there too. Nice. Um, cool. Thanks for doing Thanks for plugging that. Um, if you're new to the show, you can find new episodes of My Seminary Life every Saturday morning-ish, as long as my child is not up and hungry. And <laughs> like I said, we're doing a series on college stories, so you can come back and hear some more uh, goofy and also God moments of my own um, moments in college as well. You can find the show on Facebook and Instagram at My Seminary Life Pod. I'm also one of those drop-down hosts over at the SG <laughs> website. Before we go, Josh, it has become a custom that I ask our guests a random question they are not prepared for. Nice. So since you brought it up earlier, what's your go-to energy drink? What if I am prepared? Do you have to ask another question? I mean, I would be impressed if you are prepared. I didn't tell you I'm, I'm going to ask that question. I'm going to give this answer <laughs> twice so that you can cut it if you need to. Okay. White Monster with Black Malibu rum is actually my go-to. It tastes phenomenal. Interesting. Okay. Now, do you do you need to cut that? No, that's fine. <laughs> okay. It's it's so good though. It's so good. I will keep that in mind. I have generally stayed away from the alcohol and energy drink combo. That's a good idea. Although, here's a fun one for you. I have had lattes with CBD in it. Now it was, I do promise it was just CBD, but it is an interesting combination to have an, a latte, which has espresso, which is a stronger shot along with something that's actually supposed to be a calming agent. So interesting. Yeah. When I first gave my wife uh, a sip of my white monster, black Malibu rum combo, she described it as, and quote, the nectar of the gods. So, Wow. Uh, this podcast was sponsored by Malibu Rum and <laughs> <laughs> and specifically White Monster. Yeah, yeah. Not Monster, specifically White Monster. Indeed. <laughs> Love it. All right, well, thank you everybody for listening to today's bonus episode. These come out about once a month, so we'll have another one here next month with the newly crowned Dr. Jonathan Roy to talk about, well, honestly, he's just going to embarrass me. That's all that this <laughs> next one's going to be. Thank you again, Josh, for being on the show. And remember, keep on studying.